Howdy, and welcome to the Aggie Greats podcast. My name is Kenner, and I'm so glad you joined us this week as we dive deep to understand what makes the great, great. Here on Aggie Greats, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to live life to the fullest. We're so glad you're along for the journey, so let's pursue greatness. Well, howdy, and welcome back to the Aggie Greats podcast. Today, we are starting our second part of the mini-sode series focused around the framework that my dad has kind of introduced in the last episode, and we have him back for our second episode. Dad, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, Kenner. And this is a special episode, not just because we've outlined the importance of core values and how that ties into character, but because I've been able to personally watch him as I've grown up use this framework and use these characteristics and these principles to be successful in a wide array of areas. When you can take these principles and adopt them and create a framework of your own, it's going to be like adding a whole semester to your academic experience. And so we're going to jump right into this episode and we're so excited that you guys are along for the journey. So when we look at the very second piece Mm -hmm. of the framework Mm -hmm. that we have here that flows directly from your core values, how would you define character as defined within this framework that we're trying to establish? I think character is how you're actually going to live your values out. The character is what is expressed externally when you're around other people and even behind closed doors. Yeah, and I think that that piece is so important. People who have a strong character are willing to make the right decision based on those core values that we've talked about in the first mini-so that we recorded. It's knowing what those are and then having the focus and the direction to actually accomplish those. What's a direct reflection of somebody's character? Well, I think character is the way that we're going to live out our values. So the very first one has to be where those values come from and are we serious about reflecting those values. So once you understand where your character values, where your values are coming from, then you, you try to just live those out. And I think a leader's job is to, first of all, articulate where they're coming from and put kind of guardrails within the organization on what it means by living out the character. So I've been introduced to many different companies that have different types of character, Uh, Hollywood character, Wall Street character, many different types. What we tried to do from the very beginning with our people is we, we, we talked about those, what they really are. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. Everybody goes, sure, nobody does that. We don't. But then we'd also add John Wooden's second set of threes. We don't whine. We don't complain. We don't make excuses. And by articulating that as part of our character, it was amazing how it was like the mist coming off the valley. People could see, well, okay, this is the type of life I need to start living. And they loved it when they stopped whining, complaining, making excuses, or if they were the kind of people that couldn't move away from that type of character, they just didn't come. And and why John Wooden specifically? Well, I got to spend a day with that man when he was 93 years old, and you remember him. When I came back after that trip, I was a changed man because I saw an authentic man who lived out what we now call the five C's. And the way he built 10 national championships, high competence, but everyone knew where he got his values from. 
and everyone thought and knew his character was unquestioned, and his young team bought into that character, and many of them changed their life. He became like a father to them, and the reason that they would look up to him is that he taught them what authentic, biblical character looked like. And how did he do that? He did it by the way you and I are doing it right now. He talked about it. You can't just, I mean, he lived it, yeah. but he also gave them principles. Never lie, never cheat, never steal. Don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. What's another one? Don't worry about being better than somebody else, but never cease trying to be the best you can be. Yeah. That's another character. Never, never cease trying to take the gifts that you've been given to be the best you can be. Yeah. I, again, when we're talking about using these principles from John Wooden, they're a starting point. But but when we had a person that would come in to interview, and I would go over the seas with them, uh, and, and when we got to particularly like the character, I would say things like, you know, we're serious about this. Yeah. We're serious about living out a lifestyle. Look, I'm going to screw up. And when I do, I'm going to come ask for apology. Yeah. So, I think that goes back to that character is when nobody's watching, it's how are you acting? How are you pursuing the relationships that you're in? And and maybe do you, do you have examples of instances within your company, within your experience where having somebody who has high character has allowed you to succeed as a company, whereas yeah, yeah, other companies great, maybe fail. I mean, immediately it comes in one time we had a, a, we had a wonderful director of acquisitions and he was fiery and on occasion he would raise his voice and, and shout. And I'd have to say the meeting's now over. And I had to come back down and talk to him and say, you know, I understand your passion, but let's keep it such that we're not hurting people's feelings. And then you know what would happen? He would come down to my office and say, Carr, you got a little upset there in that video. <laughs> yeah. So we really did try to live horizontally. One of the stories that I remember is uh, that I think reflects character is we had a man who had a divorce take place. And it crushed him. And I was getting ready for a quarterly call. And my CFO was doors closed. And then I was about to have to get on, the, you know, get on the announcement, get on the earnings call. And I was finally knocking on the door. And I opened the door. And he was down on the floor holding this man's hand, praying for him. And later on, that man became a very strong Christian. So it changed his life. And again, you think that there's an instance where it's okay to compromise your character? No, but you do. You know what I'm saying? In other words, Honestly, yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. We're sinful people. We are falling. And so our, we set our standards. So, for instance, lie, cheat, or steal. Well, we don't do those. But if you did lie, you know, then you need to immediately take care of that. But those, but do we whine, complain, or make excuses? Yeah, we do that, and we catch ourselves. But by talking about it and saying this is a standard, we're going to fail from time to time, but we come much closer to that standard than if we never talked about yeah. it, we never set it out as a value. What would be 
the maybe pitfalls of not having a clear understanding of what your character looks like? Pick up the Wall Street Journal, turn to page two and three. <laughs> You're going to see it every single day. Without the guideposts, without the framework of the value system, the biblical framework, you see it in our community, you see it in our country now. Yeah. I think Ronald Reagan said, the further away from the Bible that you live, the further into destructive activity you will find yourself. Whether it's a company, whether it's a family, whether it's a marriage, whether it's our nation, we have to have those values that our forefathers have passed down. And are we going to fail from time to time? Yes. But we have those values. We're serious about it, and we're going to do our best to keep it. When, when we're looking at this framework and that we're trying to develop as Aggie greats, and we're trying to better understand how can we be effective leaders, I think the first thing that we need to recognize is <laughs> that we're not perfect. And when it comes to developing our core values, our character, there are some kind of guiding questions that I think really help us to focus on one, are we going down the right track? But then two, are we exhibiting the behaviors that we're looking to lead ourselves with, but also the people around us with, within the organizations? And so we kind of have four questions that are kind of guiding in that. And the very first one is when, when you're trying to identify and evaluate where your core values are and your character are, the very first one is, are my core values such that I strive to uphold a high moral character in both my personal and professional endeavor? And I think that that kind of outlines what we've been talking about up to this point, where am I not just any type of character? We, we've seen people, yes, everybody has character, but it's a matter of what type of character. And when we are pursuing a higher standard as Aggies, I think Aggies hold themselves to a higher standard than most just with the way that we've identified and outlined our own framework. But but when it comes to holding ourselves personally accountable in light of the framework that we've established and in light of the core values that we've developed, this is kind of the very first question. And, and then once we kind of are able to say, okay, yes, my core values are allowing me and enabling me to uphold a high moral character in all of my endeavors. The, the second question is kind of focused on, do I exhibit courage and self-discipline? And, and can you explain why those are important specifically when we're dealing with character? So one of the things we, I hope you'll do is post, post the, not only the five C's, but the measurement questions that we would come together as a, as a leadership team to ask ourselves, which is what you've just done. Because what we found is not just posting the words of the five C's, but also coming around every quarter, at least, as as leaders and asking, how do we measure up to what we've said? Yeah, And that was very enlightening. And it also brought in a lot of buy-in because it made the leaders recognize these are not just words that we have out there that are platitudes. They actually are things we're trying together to, to strive for. So the measurement questions would be, okay, you talk about character. What are the issues that don't match up from what we've said within the organization? What are they? And we would find things like, well, I mean, well, you know, we, we would we'd look under the hood, so to speak. Yeah. We'd go up and down the hall and ask our team members. Where, where does courage play into that understanding and, and the introspection when it comes to these values or these this character that we're trying to develop? Yeah. That's a great question, because courage, we came to agree with C.S. Lewis that courage is not just one of the virtues, but it's the testing point of every other virtue. 
So in other words, you might say love is a virtue. Well, when a person down the hall has hurt your feelings, and now you're gaining, you're, you're gaining a hardness toward that person, it probably takes some courage to walk down, knock on their door, and say, hey, Joe, can I come in and talk this over with you? And to work it out. That's an idea of love is a high virtue, but it took courage to effectuate it. Yeah. I think it takes even more courage, and, and it ties into that second piece, that self-discipline piece. It takes courage to ask yourself that, because oftentimes we subconsciously know that we aren't holding ourselves to a higher standard. We kind of subconsciously get really, really comfortable in the day-to-day -day of not holding ourselves accountable, because holding yourself accountable is not easy, and and there's a reason it's called a higher standard. It's because... 99% of people aren't holding themselves to that standard. And so when you're talking about creating exceptional leaders, this difference between good and great, the great people not only have the framework that they've established to identify how am I going to measure myself day in, day out, but then they also have the courage and the discipline to hold themselves to those standards. That's perfect. I think you're right. The first step is most people do not write down what their values are. Yeah. So it's easy to live by that because it's kind of however you feel about character or whatever it may be, but you haven't articulated the standard. So the first step of an individual or an organization is to write it down. Yeah. Secondly, as you just said, now you got to measure it. You can't manage what you can't measure, right? That's right. the whole adage that's out there, but it's true. Well, it's true in culture, too. You can't just put the words out. That's the first step. This is how we shall live. Now, are you doing it? Yeah. And it can't be done just by one person because this is where community comes in. And you have to be willing when one of your colleagues says, well, this is an area I think we need to work on, car, <laughs> and to take that to heart, not be offended by it, which we typically, I typically yeah. might be, but then to go, that's a gift. And then to go and try to change those things to make what? To make that character better, which helps make the culture better. Yeah. And it's a wonderful dance that starts to happen when we're all working together, living together, trying to become better not only on the hard side, but on the soft side of living and become colleagues, yeah. friends. Yeah. It's a great, great journey, and I hope everyone listening I'm sure many have already done it. Congratulations. But those of you who haven't, start it. Start it now. And the, the last two pieces as we're working on how do I evaluate my core values and my character, we, we've talked extensively about this, not just in the first mini-sode, but this question is kind of do I try my best to never lie, cheat, or steal? And do I also try not to whine, complain, or make excuses? And this comes directly from John Wooden right. and what he tells his players, but... I think that using this as part of a framework to evaluate yourself is equally as important. I think in my journey of, you know, 40 years, when we would read that quote and laugh about it a little bit, because we would say something like, hey, we're not going to lie, cheat, and steal, right? And everybody, yeah. hey, no problem, we don't do that. And then part of character is that we will not whine, complain, or make excuses. And what happens? Everybody's head drops to the table <laughs> because that's what we did yeah. because we're human. But when you try 
as he did with his 10 championship teams, and as we try to do at our companies, you try to eliminate that. What happens is everybody now is trying to eliminate it. Mm -hmm. And so when someone is whining or complaining, no one needs to say anything. Right. They just look at, if I'm whining, they just look at me and I go, I guess I'm whining. <laughs> now let's get on yeah. trying to fix it. Yeah. And it affects everybody in the team. And that's something I'm reading a, a book on special operations training right now. And the quote that kind of has been resonating with me is, who's poisoning the well? It only yeah, takes yeah. one drop to right. ruin the whole water source. Right. And when we're evaluating ourselves and we're evaluating those around us and those that we're bringing on to our teams and our organizations, we have to be really, really, really careful about who has access to that water source, those core values, the, the character that we're trying to develop. Right, yeah. right. I'd often say to my leaders within the within the team that we have, who are you talking about with your spouse at night over the dinner table or your important counselor? And it would be somebody that is poisoning the well in the organization. Now, it may be a lack of competence. That's one thing. But it's often, as you said, someone who's whining, complaining, making excuses, who is hurting the team. Yeah. And I would say to them, it's okay to talk to your spouse about that one time, but if you're talking about it the second time, you as the leader have the problem. Yeah. You need to go talk to that person yeah. and start mentoring them yeah. to a different place. Agreed. And ultimately, if they won't join the team, so to speak, then you build a long bridge for them because it's a 5C culture. What does that mean? A long bridge is that you care about them it's not like joe it doesn't work you're out of here two weeks no it's joe let's fix this joe let's fix this this is how we need to joe let's fix it finally it's not going to be fixed what do you do joe we need to find another home for you i want you to find a place where your giftedness where your where where you will prosper how long do you think it may take? Three months, four months, whatever it is. And it's a cost. It's a cost of the five C's. Now, we've had to do that, as every company does. But my thought on that is I want Joe to be a friend. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen every time. But we're going to do everything we can. And that's one of the best decisions we've ever made as a company because there are very few people that have moved on to a different place that we're not friends with. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's so important for evaluating your framework. And the, the very last thing that we have for evaluating these these character and our core values is, is answering the question, do I submit to authority and put the cause ahead of personal ambition? And, and I think that that's the organization mindset, understanding, and, and as athletes, I think we understand that more than a lot of people do just going straight into the corporate world. It's understanding that I'm here for, I'm playing for more than myself. And as tennis players, we have six singles players. We have three doubles teams. You could have the very best match of your life. You could take the guy out. But if the rest of the people around you, if your team and your organization isn't doing well, then at the end of the day, you still lose. And so from your experience, how does this question of one, submitting to authority and two, putting the cause ahead of personal ambition, how does that play into developing your character and your core values? That's a good question. I mean, again, a corporation is hierarchical. So you have to have 
leaders and everyone reports to someone. As the CEO, I had to report to a board of directors. Mm -hmm. So I had to honor them. I had to, sometimes they, I would disagree with their final decision, but I had to recognize they were in a position of authority. And I was then to go out and execute that as long as it was morally mm -hmm. strong. And that took place all the way down the organization. And so we would say, come on in. We're going to have a, we're going to have a wrestling match on this issue. Everybody's going to be able to talk about it, wrestle with it. But at the end of the day, there will be a decision made. And when we walk out, we're going to be united. Yeah. And we're not going to be quiet and complain. We're going to go out as a team and we're going to execute. And that over a period of time took place yeah. and made a massive difference that that was the mindset of our team. Yeah. And I think as athletes, that all resonates because at some level, and especially you've reached success in the corporate world, being at the division one level, being at a high corporate level, at, you get to a point where kind of everybody has a very similar level of gifts. There, there's a point where the hard side skills kind of level out. Uh -huh. and, and that's where the mindset the difference between Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, those guys who are playing at the top of the game, it's not that they can hit the ball bigger, harder, faster than the guys that they're playing. It's a mindset thing. And and that mindset starts with this framework that we're trying to outline. And right. so I, I think that, that that really dovetails into just the important facets of the focus of today's episode, which is kind of helping you guys understand the character piece of the framework that we've developed here, but then also understanding how can you yourself develop characters. So that's a little bit of homework for you guys looking at these four questions again, to kind of summarize, looking at, am I developing my core values in a way that allow me to uphold more character, both personally and professionally? That's the first question. And then the second, am I exhibiting courage and self-discipline when it comes to those, those core values? And, and third, Am I doing my best to uphold what we talked about with John Wooden? Never lying, cheating, stealing, whining, complaining, making excuses. And then lastly, am I submitting to authority and putting the cause ahead of personal ambition? Those are the four questions that we have for you guys to answer today. Write those things down as you're kind of developing the, the framework that we're doing. This isn't just kind of a in one ear, out the other. This is something that I'm encouraging you guys to start to actively take ownership of your mindset and of your framework. And, and as we go throughout these weeks, you're going to find that the growth process is going to be so much better and quicker if you join us. And as we go through these things, start answering those questions for yourself. Write them down. Writing things down has a lot of power when it comes to allowing you to mentally process. So that's the homework for this week. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. And as always, thanks and giggle.